He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Adelaide Heward-Mills. Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Adelaide Heward-Mills. Hallelujah. Great. Are we ready for the question and answer time? Beautiful. We know that our mother is graced with the anointing to answer questions. And we are going to do this in 15 minutes. 15 minutes and we'll be out of here. Okay? So, mommy, the first question is, how do you overcome vagina dryness? This is a medical question. <laughs> Hello. It's a medical question. I think that even in the model marriage, before you marry, you are advised to use a lubricant. So it's still, it's still the same answer, medically, I think, yeah. You, you need the model marriage book from this, your question. <laughs> I think yeah. you can use an oily-based lubricant, not the water-based. I think ah, okay. KY gel is water-based, oh, but okay. even anointing Petroleum oil does magic, yes. Petroleum uh, jelly, uh, even anointing oil, does magic. It does magic, anointing yes, oil. <laughs> Second, he says, should a wasteful and lazy husband who happens to be the head manage the finances of the home where the wife works so hard and brings more money? I would say that, yes, the husband is the head, but in like any corporate situation, sometimes the bosses know their weaknesses. So they delegate the part that they are not strong in. So I would advise such a husband to delegate the financial part to the wife because maybe she's better at keeping the finances. And it's also even in our model marriage. You know, sometimes you are not good in a certain area. Your wife is good in that area. It doesn't take away from you the headship because as a CEO, you can delegate things and departments you want to delegate. So I think that we should recognize what we are good at. One husband was in my office last week. He told me he's terrible with money. Terrible, terrible, terrible. I said, like what? He said, Auntie Mommy, I earn a lot. But if you ask me what I use the money for, I can't tell you. And it's not like I've used it for anything. But my wife is very good. So I let her take care of the finances and it's helping us. But not every husband will be that humble. But I think that we should use each other's strength for the benefit of the union. Great. Oh, be generous with your clapping. How does one treat a disrespectful wife, always insulting you during petty arguments? I think you can report her. Tell her pastor, because most people respect their pastors, but not everybody respects their husbands. Most people respect maybe church members, but may not respect their wives. 
So I think that you can mention to the pastor, and the pastor can call her and then uh, minister to her and talk to her. Yeah, and also, have you told her that when she uses abusive language, you don't succumb, uh, subscribe to that? And also, what do you define as rude? Some people, when the wife says, I don't agree, it means she's rude. It doesn't mean that. So I think that a higher authority will be able to help you. Just like when we have disputes and we can't settle them, we take them to court. And the court has different hierarchies. You start from district. Up on him. I don't think it's healthy. And um, I think that if you are the woman doing that, perhaps the two of you must discuss the extent. But every day, video call. Why should the person see you every day? It's not necessary. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. So we have to be careful. You don't have to put confidence in the flesh. And also, if your spouse did that, would you like it? You wouldn't like it, so I think. How would you spice up your sex life if your spouse complains of being tired almost every day? Maybe you help her with the chores. If even you are not the one actively helping, you can get her help. Or you can get labor-saving devices. Or you can say, oh, this weekend, Let's send the children to my mom or your mom so that we can have time together. I mean, and also show that you care about her concerns. But ladies, we will always be tired. As I'm sitting here, I'm tired. We will always be tired. So I think that tiredness is not a good enough excuse, you know, and that you can overcome your tiredness. It shouldn't be always, always, always. Okay? So um, help her to get less tired and hopefully it will help. Somebody said give her paracetamol. Please, how should couples have their quiet time? Should it always be together? Well, there's a popular SU saying, the family that prays together stays together. I'm sure it's true, but in my own life, it has never been like that. Um, I grew up in a home with morning devotion with my dad, my mom, and I remember in the early stages, telling my husband that that's what I knew. And then he said to me, okay, I haven't seen that before, so you implement it. But the implementation wasn't easy. So in the end, we ended up teaching our children how to have quiet time on their own, which is good. But I regret not also bringing in the morning devotion part more often. So um, if I could change something, I would change that. Um, but I also dealt with a couple recently where the man says that the woman forces him to have morning devotion with her, and he doesn't want. So I told the woman, it's causing too much friction and too much problem. So you leave it. You pray, and then he also prays. I remember Kenneth Hagin Jr.'s wife saying that she, she doesn't want to pray with her husband because he is her prayer topic. So... <laughs> If she's praying with him, she will not be able to say a lot of things. So all of us need our space with God. But what I would say in my life we have done is we do pray together if we have something in particular to pray about and sometimes a prayer of agreement. And then we pray together when, let's say, we are traveling. Or so it's not 
zero, but I wish that having been brought up that way, I had inculcated that a bit more. So the ones who still have time should do that. Why is it that some pastor's wives don't like giving their husbands sex? This can lead to serious unfaithfulness. Please address this with strength because it's very difficult for some of us. It has been addressed with strength and also the way you are talking. I can see you are not a pastor's wife. So just become one and you will see that's not so easy. But I think that I've addressed it. I think that uh, the pastor who is asking the question, I think that it's too cliche to just say they don't like. It's true, but I think that, um, you see, if you talked to a woman, which men find tiring, you could draw her. What does Solomon say? Draw me after you and let us run together. But usually, you want us to be like you, and you want us to be light bulbs like you. You know, excuse me to say, I was telling some pastors that, because women don't have anything that rises, you think they are always game. <laughs> I don't know if you understand, but... <laughs> you think that they are always game, but they are not always game. Just like you are not always game, sometimes you are stressed, sometimes... They also have that, but just that the type of equipment God gives them does not relate to that. So I think that um, the women have said have to renew their minds. The mind is the greatest sexual organ. But the men too, you see, if you are made this way in the shape of this cup, you can't say that you should become square. So having said all that, the Bible says dwell with her according to knowledge. How does her body work? What turns her on? What makes her happy? After you've spoken hush, 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 then you go to the room and say, Obaros, kopiem, onkoyeden wopiem. So we need to also sow the right seeds. But when I say that, I'm a bit hesitant because the woman will say, Auntie Mami said, sow the right seeds. So it's going to take you 10 years to sow the right seed. You know, so let's just, like the Bible says, serve the other and the other also serve us. And I think that that will help. And past, is it pastor's wives? I think it's women who. I don't think it's pastor's wives. But maybe pastor's wives are more in the public domain, so their issues are talked about. Thank you, Mami. How can we communicate effectively in marriage? I think there's a whole chapter in modern marriage on communication in marriage. And many of us, when the counseling was going on, post uh, premarital, we didn't hear. So you need to read. It's not going to, the knowledge is not going to come to you by osmosis. You need to buy, speak the word. If uh, preaching is a, a problem for you, so that you can hear the word, even just hearing about temperaments, it just lifts your spirit and gives you some knowledge, although you, you, you think you know. You know, so let's go after knowledge. Let's seek it with all our hearts. And I believe that it will set us free. You know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So having said that, what are the practical things you can do for communication. I am learning that I don't have to share my thoughts necessarily in the same forum. Do you understand? If my husband is talking to me and saying, Mommy, 
this thing, this, 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 this. Remember that I'm a lawyer and I'm learned, I've learned to think on my feet. So I'm used to saying, objection, my Lord. I don't say that in my marriage. But so I'm thinking. As you are speaking, I'm thinking, and I'm sometimes seeing the loopholes in what you are saying. That, ah, why do you use this word? It means this. It doesn't mean that. I don't say that, but so it makes you speak that. Oh, it's not that, but it's, but it doesn't have to be in that form. The Bible says, "Be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger." So I'm still a work in progress, but I'm learning to be quick to hear and to be quick to want to. Uh, please you so then I have to shelve what I have to say so that you will believe that I've heard you and I have to genuinely hear you and then work with what you have said and then later I can come back and say oh this thing that you said actually there was also this aspect and that makes a person more willing to hear you but when it's back and forth it becomes a shouting spree and nobody gets anywhere so I think that we should fine-tune that. And I think ladies usually speak faster than men and think faster than men. So our mouths are very fast. And we often don't say things well. Like the, the question was saying that the wife is very rude with what she says. But I also like to ask what the definition of rudeness is. Because for some of you, if she says, I don't agree, it means she's rude. I don't agree with that. Because even God, when he said he was going to destroy... Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham said, what about if they are 50? What about if they are 40? What about if they are 20? What about if they are 10? And God didn't say, I'm God. When I decide to destroy, don't ask me about 50, 40, and 20. No. He spoke to Abraham. And in the end, he changed his mind. You too, be gracious like God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Mommy, please, how do I deal with a husband who doesn't know how to say sorry? and a husband who is still attached to his family after marriage? The key of acceptance. <laughs> because I'm sure you've been married for a while. You've tried to change him, that he should learn to say sorry. He's not saying it. Sometimes we are, we are socialized by what we grew up in. I'm not saying it's right, but he's seen it and seen it and seen it before he met you. So it's very difficult for him to change. You know, and we have in the model marriage the prayer on serenity. Lord, grant me the wisdom to know the things I can change and to know the things I cannot change and the wisdom to know the difference. So there are certain things you will spend your whole life fighting and never enjoy your marriage. And before you know, one person has gone to be in the grave because you are changing the unchangeable that only God can change. Please, am I making sense? So don't let something you don't have mar the rest of what you have. <laughs> and if it's attached to his family, you too get attached to them. Because sometimes, uh, what, if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> you know, so you can also be attached to his family and that may give you an inroad. Again, you can seek pastoral help. Because he probably doesn't know that there's anything wrong. And when you say it, he just feels you are being selfish. But maybe if he came for pastoral counseling, the pastor would tell him practically some of the things. Maybe he's neglecting you 
Bible says that he that does not take care of his own is worse than an infidel. So all that will come into play. You see, marriage things are difficult to answer with a pat answer because usually there's a whole background, there are two sides, there are so many things. In fact, there are three sides. Your side, her side, and the truth. You see, so... <laughs> Mommy, should I marry a woman who is not spiritual or as strong as I am spiritually? Hmm, I wouldn't advise it. But I don't know what you mean by spiritual. Is it spiritual that she has the fruits of the spirit? Is it spiritual that she loves God and the things of God? Is it spiritual that she has a certain spiritual understanding which we need? For instance, a lot of ladies think they want to marry pastors. But are they really ready to pay the price? There's a price. Amen? If you admire Billy Graham, half the time he's not home. Ruth Graham fell from a tree, her spine, her back, her this. He's not there. And she had to raise the five children on her own. And the boys, she says, were the most difficult. Frankly, Graham started smoking at the age of 12. Because some workmen came to their house and they were smoking. He went to be with them. And by 13, he was drinking whiskey. He got sacked from university about four times. Today, he's the head of Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. So, and one of the daughters has actually written a book, Abandoned, because she feels that her, has, her father being an evangelist abandoned her, and because of that, she had abandonment issues. But she said she didn't know, but a friend said to her, do you think you have abandonment issues? And that set her on that road, you know. So, um, before you say I do, <laughs> you should... Find out whether the, the road the person is going to walk on. Is it a road you walk on? Some of them say, oh, I really want to marry a missionary. I just want to do God's work. And then when you have to go, he goes. And then for one year, you have not joined him. And then you say, I said it, but I've changed my mind. You see, so... But I think that when a woman loves God, a man loves God, her decisions and choices will be based on that the fear of God, and that helps you. Because even when I don't feel like forgiving, if the word of God says I should forgive, I may cry, I may whatever, but God's word is something I fear. So because of that, I will force and do God's word. Whereas somebody else will say, for Bible, don't turn chain, I am manifesting. So it depends, you know. Some people too, they look spiritual for you. Because they hear from the pulpit that if she's not active in church, don't marry her. If she doesn't belong in, so she has gone to join all so that she will attract you. That's why we need to pray. What does the Bible say? In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So you need to pray about who you are getting married to. Some people are genuinely spiritual, but somewhere along the journey, something happens. And if it's God's will for you, then it's God's will for you. I hope I've answered my beloved is a very nice person and i believe she'll be a good wife however i'm in trouble i'm troubled by her body count into brackets slept with a lot of men when i think about this i lose interest in her should i go ahead with the marriage or manage this feeling it depends on you mary magdalene had seven demons cast out of her 
But Jesus still added her to the women who ministered to him. So it depends on you, but some people marry these women who are forgiven, who are cleansed, and then they have a lot of issues. I've seen it. They have a lot of issues in the marriage. In fact, I have a prominent <laughs> pastor friend who shared this story with me that the couple got married, he blessed it. And the first night, the lady thought that she was making the man very happy. So she did a lot of moves and a lot. And the man said, hey, you are too macho. You are too experienced. And she felt that she should bring her experience to bear in the bedroom. And he told me the marriage broke. But he told me, he's a pastor, so he told me that, I mean, outside the UD, he told me that when he was doing the counseling, he felt what a lucky man. When the man was saying, they were sitting, the two of them, she does this, this. Hey, the man is blessed, but then at the end, the man said, no, so I can't marry. <laughs> you know, because she has slept with so many people, but if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation, and sometimes the one who is forgiven much loves God much. You know, so it depends on you. But if you are struggling with it, it is likely you will struggle with it also in marriage. So let her go and let somebody who deserves her pick her up. Is sex the only avenue of unfaithfulness? And is a woman who rejects sex not the same as Sarah? Uh, Sarah did not reject sex. So. Where did you read that verse from? <laughs> Uh, Sarah leading her husband to have sex with another woman, her maid. <laughs> and so, what's the beginning of the question? Is sex the only avenue of unfaithfulness? Only avenue? I don't yes. understand. No, there are different things you can be unfaithful with, and sometimes... With the profession. Uh -huh, and even there's something called emotional adultery, yeah. where you are so emotionally hooked on the person, but you don't know. Then you say that, no! I do project work with her. I do, but when the person is not there, you feel not together. And, so, and you are always wanting your phone to call. Hey, brother, sister, you're on the wrong road. You're on a, a dangerous road. You know, so no. Sex is the main avenue, but not always. I hope I've answered your question. And you said that. Is a woman who rejects sex not the same as Sarah, leading her husband to have sex with another Sarah's woman. Sarah's problem was not sex, it was childlessness. And she felt that since she was barren, she should give her husband a young woman who was fertile to have the child. So please, let's rightly divide the word of God, okay? Please, I'm not married, but I'm having a beloved, and it's like I'm forcing him in everything, especially in church activities. Please help me. It's not going to change. <laughs> What you see, multiply by thousand. Yeah, see so like Bishop says. What you see, you are saw. You understand? Yeah, so it's not going to change. So I always tell people, what you see, ask yourself, can I live with it? Because everybody has a left leg. So ask yourself, can I live with this? And if you can't, bow out. Yeah. But you go and take another problem. Maybe not this problem. But another one. So if he doesn't try, he's not into church activity. When he marries, it will become worse. Dear Auntie Mami, please, how do you deal with a wife that is hypersexual? Hey, a lot of brothers will like. With 
sex. She doesn't seem to be satisfied. After sex, yeah. Maybe you should ask her what will satisfy her. But yes, I know that sometimes it's the women who are active and the men are dull. And we just assume that it's always the other way around, but not always. So a woman who is hypersexual, you said she's never satisfied. Is that what he said? She's dissatisfied. Maybe there's something you can do. So that's why I said couples should communicate on that level as well. Mommy, please, what will make a wife never ask her husband for sex? Meanwhile, her husband is good looking, can give her good sex, and has time for her too. Can you please inform them that this is really unacceptable? We did not <laughs> marry them to watch them as television. What? Whom? Are they expecting us to, have love, to make love to? Mommy, please help us. <laughs> So what is the question? The question is, the wife doesn't give him sex. And the wife is saying that the man is handsome and everything. Is the, is the man who's saying that uh -huh. the wife never asks for sex, but he's handsome, he's good looking, and he can give her good sex, and he has time for her too. I think, I think, and as Paul says, this is not a Bible verse. But I think that just like our capacity for food, some people want sex less. Honestly, like some people eat a lot, and some people, they eat a little and they are full. I think that that also exists. But God is not expecting us to stay there. Do you understand? Because he says that use your body to serve the other. So I think that if she has that scripture, then how you are handsome and powerful, she will flow. <laughs> but... Maybe you are handsome, you are powerful, but you don't also turn her on because you, you shout at her, you don't show any love, you are so mechanical, you are whatever. She's likely to, if she had anything that will rise, it will never rise. <laughs> A word to the wise. <laughs> says, if ordinary discussions or trying to plan for the family is almost likely to end in misunderstanding, what should one do? Um, hmm. You have to maybe talk, the two of you, as to how things can be. But if every talking leads to that, then you may have to go to a higher authority or find ways, because it won't be perfect, but you can find ways of Communicating certain things, but not, I don't know. And then also, let's not leave out prayer. Because God answers prayer, and God changes people and things. Okay, prayer is important. Mommy, please, I want to speak about them. I want you to speak about the importance of the man giving money to the wife. Not only when the woman asks for loan. Yeah, brothers, be freely giving. Be freely given. Be freely given. The Armstrong is too much. And it shouldn't be always your wife has to ask you, can I get money for my hair? Please, can I get some small money for my dress? Please help me. with it's, it's too much. 
And that's even what makes women say, I'm going out to work, I want my own money, because everything, I have to ask him, I have to ask him, my bra is old, my panties, just give her money that she will use for herself, and she will bless you forever. Pardon? Ah, yeah, some of you, your accounting is too much. I went to two peppers, two onions, receipts and things. I mean, just flow, okay? Amen. Okay. Mommy, can your partner check your phone charts in the night when you are asleep, even though she knows you are not doing anything? Most of these things, well, they bring a lot of problems. And also a lot of unnecessary problems to you, the checker. You know, but sometimes you have done something for her to suspect. I've dealt with a case like that. For what she has seen and what you are doing, you are not telling her the truth. And when she's coming, you hide and all that may lead to that. But I think that, ladies, we can spare ourselves that. And what God wants to reveal, he will reveal. But sometimes... It also takes wisdom to look. But usually I would say, I think we asked this question at the Joy FM, whatever about phone, I would say that it brings a lot of problems. So if you can help it, chill. My husband cheated on me multiple times. When I confronted him, he kept lying and denying everything. But when I decided to leave or divorce him is when he decided to tell me things. Every time I look at him, all I can think about is him with another woman. How can I move forward with my marriage? I am trying my best, but it's difficult. My father cheated on my mother, and now my, father has, my husband has cheated on me. I want to break this generational curse and fix my marriage. Amen. God bless you for wanting to fix your marriage. It's going to take a lot of grace and mercy from you towards your husband. And also, you must talk about it because trust has been broken. So you need him to restore that trust. Um, I'll say this because, well, maybe not. It was public, but I'll, uh, a, a prominent uh, guy, not African, had an affair in his office for some years. And when the wife found out, she was really devastated and all that. And she also wanted to leave. But when they spoke about it, he decided that he will now put his wife on all his emails. He will give her the password to his phone because he said that he needed to build trust with her because trust had been broken. So if trust has been broken, you and your husband can speak. And he may do certain things that you think will help you restore the trust you also need to pray to god because he's the one who helps us so that you can be forgiving and also that the root of bitterness will not have its hold and then also you need a lot of emotional and mental support which you may get from your church or from your lady pastors so that they can check on you and you can tell them when the going is rough so that they can minister to you but you have to Believe God to forget what lies behind and build what lies ahead and you can have a good marriage. Amen. Mom, 
What exactly is submission? In Ephesians 5:21, the Bible says, submitting yourselves one to another out of reverence for God. So submission is not only a female thing. Ephesians 5.21 says we should submit to each other. Then 22 comes to say, wives, submit unto your own husbands. So submission is not a, a command just for the woman. There's the verse before saying, submitting yourselves one to another. So that comes first. And then the wife submitting to you. And the Bible continues to use the word Submit. Say, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So submission is not a negative thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not a thing associated with slavery. But it's a thing associated with love. You know, because there can't be two captains in a ship. You know, and somebody has to give in so that peace will move on. So that's what it means. But if you, the husband, are supposed to also love the wife who is submitting as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. It makes the woman uh, not fight the submission too much because she knows you love her and you are coming from a good place. But it is not tit for tat that if you don't love me, I won't submit. If you don't submit, I won't love you. It's not like that. The Bible says, as unto God, and it's God who rewards. So the world has made submission a very bad thing. But you submit to your boss. If you are in the military, you submit to a captain, you submit to a major, you submit to the head of state, you submit to the laws of Ghana. You submit all the time, and it's not an issue. But when they say, submit to your own husband, then it becomes an issue. And so I don't think that it should be couched in that way. But submission is also supposed to be met with love. So if you love somebody, you won't enslave her. If you love somebody, you will not kick her around because she has to submit. If you love somebody, you will not uh, uh, tell her, shut up and all that. You wouldn't do that. You know, so God intended the two to work in sync. So let's do that so that it works. So um, I'm coming to the question line. The last two questions. Mommy says, what premium would you place on sex and marriage? And he says, if prayer answered all things, why is it that some marriages are still broken even when prayers are offered? Because God can only do his part. If the two people are not doing their part, it will break. Amen? Or if the two people cannot, like, let God be who he is or act in a certain way, it will break apart. It's like saying that God said he will help you with your exams. Then you don't learn. Then you say that. You don't study. Then you say, oh... Why did God not let me pass the exam? Because there's a part that you also have to play. You know, so prayer answers everything, but prayer also depends on you and your willingness to go along with God's word. But there was a, a question before that. The, what premium would you place on sex and marriage? I think it's very high, a very high premium, if not the highest. Because, like they say in the model marriage, Everything else, God allows other people to do it. Somebody else can cook for you. Somebody else can clean your house. But this one, God says, it should be in the context of marriage. Well, that's why Christianity is not easy and 
it's also very um, unique. Yeah, so that is the high premium that we place on sex. So ladies, don't let it just be a talk shop. Change your minds. And today begins the change. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you very much, mommy. Oh, can we give mommy a round of applause? Hallelujah. How many have been blessed? It's not a question to even ask. Hallelujah. I believe we've all been blessed. Your questions have been adequately answered. And we are so privileged and blessed to have Mami here. She's going to pray for marriages. Hallelujah. For those who are online, I believe that a prayer can change things in your marriage. And for those of us who are here also, that prayer will change your marriage. Amen. So I want us to put our hands together. Let's welcome our mother once again. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? It's not by might. It's not by power. Oh, by my spirit. Red says the it's not by mine, it's, it's not, not by mine, it's not by they cannot do for themselves oh God step into marriages step into homes step into relationships you are the one who mends Jesus you are the one who turns ashes into beauty do that for your people I speak to every home I speak to every life represented here I speak to every marriage including those online I ask for the Holy Spirit's touch that God alone will turn things around some of you are saying Lady Reverend Episcopal Sister I'm looking at ashes how do I go forward but God is saying I will turn beauty I'll give you beauty in the place of ashes this evening he's asking you to give him ashes so that he can give you beauty. Oh, Father, let there be a turnaround. Let the discouraged find courage. Let the lame feet be healed, that they will not be turned out of the way. Let the weary be strengthened. Bring hope, Lord, in hopeless situations. Bless, bless, and let no sorrow be added, oh God. Give your people light. Give your people wisdom. Give your people the way forward. Bring healing in all the broken places. Your word says that you will make mountains. You will make wells of dry places. Let that be their story, Lord. 
heal the heart that is crying. Heal the heart that is reaching out to you, Lord. God of impossible situations, do miracles. And let there be testimonies. Oh, build our homes, oh God. Even if there are floods, let the home stand because they are built on you. May your people go back, Lord, and build with the fear of God. And build with your word, Lord. Let it be settled in our homes. And deliver us from Satan and all his antics. Thank you. You are able to do far more exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or imagine or ask you for. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit at the Kodesh, North Kanishi, or meet her on Facebook at Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.